Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David. Another great show this week with another great founder. We have Josh of Rebel Coast. You may remember Rebel Coast was the first to create a cannabis wine a few years back. It made big news then. Well, they've come a long way since then. They now do seltzers and sparkling champagne uh, and the whole suite of beverages. It's a fantastic conversation about beverages and marketing and the future. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Josh, thanks so much for uh, joining me here in my makeshift Venice Beach <laughs> studio. Of course, thanks for having me. Another beautiful day in the hood out here. How are you doing? Thanks I'm for being doing here. Doing good, doing good. Yourself? Good stuff. I'm, I'm really good. I'm excited to talk about cannabis beverages. And I'm going to take this bone away from my dog real quick. Uh, so we've had a number of sort of alternative companies. We had Pantry on the, com- on the show okay. last week, right? Nice. Um, and we've been having these conversations about the dispensary versus D to C and like what the future holds. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things I'm really excited to talk about because I think you have a very interesting perspective on that. Um, But let's start with an easy one. Just what is Rebel Coast? Rebel Coast is a, it's a cannabis beverage manufacturer. You know, we make cannabis wine, champagne, seltzers. We focus purely on beverages. Yep, all beverages. All so beverage. I remember when you started with the wine, and it was a pretty big deal. What year was that? Did you we start? launched in 2018. Got it, in yeah. 2018. And I remember at the time, like, wow, like there's a THC wine? Yeah. Like, it, it was a thing. It made news at the time. Yeah, it was a big thing for a minute. Did the sales mirror that that sort of hype? Did that, did that come a little later? How did, how did that uh, I said they, yeah, they did for a minute. Like, right off the bat, you know, people were jazzed about it. They went to go find it. It sold out. I mean, frankly, I wasn't impressed by the first batch, but people, okay. people did like it. What What didn't you like about the first batch? It was too sweet. It's too sweet. Too sweet. Yeah, yeah, too sweet. I think I remember that yeah. from from trying a real. Yep. I tried a really really early version. Yeah, the first batches are. Really so sweet, then you go sweet. back and and how do you make it less sweet? What's that process like? Uh, so we have you know we add different essences of wine and different like it's all all wine derived ingredients. So we just have to tone things back a little bit. Okay. And we've been doing that ever since 2018. Okay. You know we kind of we every batch we change the formula slightly. Um, and then la- last year, last May or something was the final. Like that was I haven't changed it since last May. You know, it's May of 2020? Yeah, May Got 20. it. And when you say refine, or like batch, how does this compare to how wine is produced typically? Well, it's, so it is. It starts off as wine, you know. So we work with vintners in... And, uh, you, and you had you did traditional wine before this, Yes, yeah, so right? Yes, yeah. it was a traditional winery. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, a virtual winery. So we'd buy bulk wine in the market, you know, from vintners in Northern California, blend it, brand it, sell it nationwide. We never had our own, like, winery, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been around for a while. And, you know, changing the batch, how it's different compared to traditional wine, this starts off as traditional wine. So we still work with vintners up in, up in Sonoma, Napa, the Central Coast, um, you know, still buy their bulk wine, um, make sure it has to fit the right flavor profile and aroma profile for us, dealkalize it. And the dealkalization process, you know, we do add other essences of wine back into it um, to make it taste like traditional wine. So there's just, of those ingredients, we just, you know, mix the ratio, alter the ratio to get a different flavor profile out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and part of that is toning down the sugar content. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> I was having a conversation with someone yesterday about Manischewitz <laughs> and like how super sweet. You ever had Manischewitz? Uh-huh. Like, oh, it's a Jewish wine, like very like traditional, but it's super, super sugar. Like a dessert wine? 
Kind of, but not that good. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> anyway, so, side tangent. So that was 2018. Yep. Um, that's pretty early for cannabis beverages. Now there's now a, lot, a, ton, yeah. a lot more, yeah, but yeah. that was pretty early then, right? Yeah, we were, um, the, we were the first to launch a cannabis wine in the world. Wine, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know that. And even beverages then, that was still early in the market. Yeah. What have you seen? Well, tell me about the changes just in that court category in particular, because I think there's still a lot of question marks around beverages as a oh, whole. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of question marks. I've definitely seen a lot more user acceptance and user curiosity. You know, in the beginning, you know, three years ago, it was still new. People, people, there were still beverages in the medical market, but they weren't as professionally made as say we are as we are nowadays. You know, it was kind of like backdoor kitchen. Like I'm gonna make the soda or something. Like how edibles were. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Um, so there's definitely more professionalism in the industry, more consumers are like reaching out, looking more into it. Um, still need a lot more consumer education though. Um, and I think there's a lot more better players coming to the market now, you know, people are actually getting, you know, catching an eye for beverages. So we see a lot more, people want to say competition, but we have more, you know, manufacturers coming into the industry, making better products for people, which is what we need. Yes. Ah, it's huge validation for you every time another one yeah comes absolutely up, right? yeah and people are like scared of con there's so many so much competition like my investors say like, they're not competition we need people that we need more manufacturers need more this competition to come in to show people beverages are a real thing it's, right. how, it's a great way to consume cannabis mm -hmm. it yeah. is a really great way it is particularly if you're health conscious yeah um smoking is not good for you nope. in whatever form vaping is not good for you it may be slightly better for you than smoking but it's not good for yep. you Edibles are great, but I think a lot of people complain about the onset time of edibles. That, that was our biggest thing with Rebel Coast. Because yeah. we've all had that experience. I'm going to eat a brownie. I don't feel anything in an hour. Eat another one in two hours. I'm on my face way too hot. Yep, yep. So, this, you know, beverages are more fast acting. It's what, you, what's what we need, people. And it's better for the consumer. It's what we need, and it's the right uh, analogy for alcohol drinkers. Totally. Right? Yeah. And so how much did you think about that when you started this? Did you want the real wine heads in the world to want this or you know how did you think about that dynamic uh so what we kind of thought was you know california you know as a population they drink a ton of wine they smoke a ton of weed let's let's mix these two things together because there's going to be a market for it you know so i wouldn't say we're going after the hardcore wine the wine drinkers because this frankly this doesn't taste just like wine it's mm -hmm. not it's not going to be a fantastic napa wine because it can't there's no alcohol in it. so that mm -hmm. was never our never our go-to market. Um, we just wanted to change the idea of social cannabis consumption. And instead of passing around a joint, you know, have share glasses of wine with your friends like you do a beer or wine. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's just, people have been getting intoxicated by drinking for, for centuries. Well, let's do it with cannabis. Yeah, no, there's a fascinating book, maybe you know of it. It's like the history through the six biggest beverages or something. I have not. Oh, it's that? fascinating. It's about the history of like coffee and tea and oh. uh, especially for you. You, yeah, that's, you that really sounds like super obviously cool. wine. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's also one about the six foods that changed the world, which is like really I'm going to look into that. Yeah, you should check it out. Yeah. Um, so flash forward now and you've grown beyond wine. What, yep. what other products do you do you make today? So we ever we ever so when we started with the one flavor of wine, our Sauve Blanc. Now we have our rosé. We have sparkling wines, or so champagnes, both rosé and white, and then our three seltzers as well. So we have lemon, lime, mixed berry, black cherry seltzers, and I have like eight, ten other products coming out soon wow. too. Yeah. And the seltzers, how long have those been around? We launched those in May of, I think it was May of 2020. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. And what kind of sales have you seen, without being too specific, I guess? I mean, how does it compare to the wine sales, I suppose? So, let's... Well, Couple things. So when we launched the seltzers, when we launched the seltzers, we also launched our wine in a can. 
Okay. We, they, we, we did see some pushback or some complaints from dispensaries about our glass wine bottles are fragile, they're mm. big, you know, dispensaries are small, so it was a logistics issue. So and they wanted single service. We, at that point, we launched our seltzers, wine in a can, and launched the champagne in a can at the same time. Wow. Yeah. Um, they all took off like a hit. Like, we thought one was going to be, you know, one is going to be the outlier, you know, jumping ahead, but they were all within like 8 or 10% of each other. So it wasn't mm. like one, one didn't just outperform the other one. Mm. Uh, we got, we, we made giant batches and they sold out far fast. I thought I made a three month supply, sold out in a month, which took us by surprise. So we had to like try to jump back on it. So we had a stock for a little bit. So okay. definitely caught us by surprise. Mm -hmm. Um, sales have been good so far. Um, we are getting, hitting more issues with dispensaries and logistics again. It's not, they're still big bulky beverage product. Yeah. Um, but it, it's going relatively well. Um, now we're in our new facility, um, out in Desert Hot Springs, just launched that in, open that up in March. And and where does that take your capacity to from what to, unlimited. To what? So my yeah. my can my canning line we can do about 10,000 cans in a 8-hour shift. Um capacity is obviously not there. The can, the market is not there yet. Yeah, sure. But yes, we have essentially unlimited capacity. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Um and that move I'm sure was a big one. And required yeah. a good amount of capital it, it did. and all of that. How do you make that decision to say, so, well, the demand isn't quite there yet, but we, we're ramping up supply. Yeah. So I made that decision late 2018 when I, I okay. bought, you know, we put our deposit down on our land. It was bare land. Um, and I always knew, because we had been working, we'd been co-packing before that. Um, and there was always issues. We're operating under somebody else's license. You know, if anything goes wrong, it's up to them. I can't, I can't control, can't control our own destiny. So I knew we need our own facility, need this own license. So I made that decision in 2018 when I had to pitch my investors. Like, wow. hey, you guys got to let me spend $2 million. Wow. Yeah. Um, How much had you raised to date at that point? Uh, we were, oh, to date? Uh, all in capital is like six or, I think six or seven million bucks okay. or something yeah. like that, you yeah. know? Uh, and this in. is friends and family? Or? No, it was, it was, no, it was a private equity. Institutions, yeah. yeah. Yep. Got it. Anybody we would know? Or do they uh, reveal themselves? Uh, yeah, so it's it was it was BR Brands now Bell Rock. Okay, um, they, yep. they merged. Now yep. there's Bell Rock, which is essentially encompasses you know Dixie Brands, Marie's Medicinals, Defonse, and yep. I'm one of the other portfolios. Yep. I haven't heard about Defonse in a long time. Yeah, we're kind of reviving it. You know, they were, yeah. they, had, they had some struggles. Yeah, um, but now yeah. so they'll be in so my Desert Hot Springs facility. It's a big facility, so now I, I house you know Rebel Coast. Uh, Defonse will be made there. I have all the shotgun uh -huh. equipment there. Uh -huh. uh, Dixie Brands is there. Okay. And we do some manufacturing for Mary's Medicinals as well. Always was a fantastic problem, a pro uh, product. I had Eric and I was at the other one in Oakland, the other location. Oh, yeah. The other, uh, location. The, the, his the massive Defonse. facility. Yeah, yeah, his massive yeah. facility. Yeah. We were at Rebel Coast was actually in there for a little bit too. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. So you've got all the logistics and the product and everything dialed in. At some point, this becomes a marketing business, right? It absolutely does. It is. Tell me about the plan there, because this is a tricky thing in cannabis as a whole. Even trickier if you don't sell traditional cannabis products, mm -hmm. I think. Yes, yes. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your strategy there. How's it going? So our first strategy was consumer education, you know, because what the hell is a cannabis wine? Nobody even knows what it was, right? right? So uh, we don't, honestly, we don't spend that many marketing dollars. You know, for the first couple of years, we probably spent 10 grand in most of marketing. We mm -hmm. don't. We're not big into marketing ourselves, like a bunch of money into it, but it was consumer education was our thing. So we had a team of brand ambassadors, you know, we had six in the state 
we would probably do, you know, 30 plus PADs, you know, consumer appreciation days in dispensaries, educating consumers on it, educating the bud tenders, mm -hmm. um, giving out free samples of a non-medicated version of it. Mm -hmm. um, and really just, you know, getting the brand out there and educating consumers on what is a cannabis beverage. Why is it so low dose? Because people are used to, you know, 30, 40, 50 milligram cookie. Why would I spend this much money on a five or 10 milligram beverage? Mm -hmm. Well, so a lot of education is into that. So that's still a part of the big play. Um, then it kind of did focus into the, the retail side, you know, point of sale, um, fridge space. There's not really, there was still dispensaries were small. Very challenging. Very yeah. challenging. So we would actually supply some fridges to this dispensary, see how well it worked, you know, because they didn't have enough space, especially for a wine bottle. You know, they might, huge, have, they, yeah. might, they might have a small fridge, but it's not going to fit a, a 750 ml bottle. So yep. we'd supply some wine fridges and that actually worked out pretty well. I worked on the branding perspective. The dispensaries loved it because then, the, you know, just a buyer could go in there, buy a cold bottle, get it right home, pop it open. You know? Well, you're adding yeah. value yeah. to their store. 100%. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to do that. Um, it's it definitely going to be playing more into the point of sale dispensary advertising. Mm -hmm. um, we're not really jumping into the into the celebrity market or endorsements or anything. That is, it's just not our jam. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's really just going to come down to marketing within stores um, and then more to D2C as well. Yeah, so very interesting. And I think a lot of brands are thinking about this right now. They don't quite know how to do it yeah. and where to go, but you just, what well, you just outlined in the dispensary, like that's a hard road. It's hard. It it's can be expensive. expensive. And you don't know who your customer is. That, that is a big issue because you can't get the data. You don't have you any don't data. Have, yeah. And for someone particularly like you that's trying to build a new category, if someone likes your product, you have to know you that. You need to know 100%. I'm a data, I'm a finance guy, so I love data. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing. So we, we've been doing the DTC play for a couple of years now. Yeah. Um, you go to our right to our website, you can click buy now and it gets shipped to you within an hour. Mm -hmm. Cause we teamed up with, with a very, we teamed up with ease a lot a while ago. Mm -hmm. And then also buddy, which is Gonja runner yep. uh, and use their platform. We we're actually the first to beta test Gonja's button on our website. Yep. Um, and, and then it's a, it's a great, it's great cause they see the value in it. Um, we get to, you know, we get to look at the data, you know, I think it's protective. We need to look at the data, see the consumers are, look at look at buying patterns, you know, okay. uh, demographics, the geography. Yeah. Um, and are you able to remarket to those? Yes, we can target. You yeah. can target. We yeah. haven't pulled the trigger on it yet because we still want to get more data. Uh -huh. uh, it's still early on. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, we think D2C is going to be big. I mean, our D2C partners are very enthusiastic about beverages, more so than dispensaries, honestly. Uh, yeah, yeah they're, of course. They're, they are. Um, so we, we see a big market in the D2C play. There's a huge market there. Um, what's the, the breakdown of sales, the dispensaries versus, I'm sure it's still more dispensaries, correct? It is definitely still more dispensaries. I mean, cause we only use two delivery services, you know, it's Ease and Gonja Runner, Buddy, um, which is on our website. Uh, yeah. Buddy does definitely does, is our biggest dispensary or, uh, uh, delivery service buyer, but dispensaries by far, you know, they're, they're the majority of our sales cause there's so many more of them, yeah. you know, yeah. so many more of them. And if you look at scale where we're going. Where do you think you want to focus more of your attention in the future? That's a really good question. Like we're kind of trying to decide that ourselves right now. Um, I can't even answer the question. Um, I do. I do. Well, like take it. me through your thought yeah, process. Yeah. It's a hard one to answer for sure. Yeah. Um, first of all, I do want to. I mean, we have to. We're looking at this model. I we. I need. I need more data. Like we said, I need more data, and I'd like to be able to get some data from dispensaries, which is extremely hard to get, or very expensive. Um, 
I, we will be pushing more dispensaries just because there are so many more, you know, so there's so many more outlets, you know. Um, they have a lot more reach because there's hundreds in the state compared to just a couple of delivery services that we use. Um, yeah, so we will, we will be pushing more marketing towards dispensaries um, in California and also out of state when we expand. Um, See, I think what brands need to do is they need to use the dispensary as a discovery piece and then find a way to connect with those consumers. And I'll give you a good example. There, you may know of this wine brand that does, they have like Snoop Dogg on it and they have like these different like murder mystery things and it's like a QR code and you oh, put it on your phone. 19 Crimes? Yeah, 19 yeah, Crimes. Yeah, there yeah, you go, no, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what they've done is you go to the store, whatever store yeah. you buy this in, but then you're connecting yep. with yep. that brand, right? 100%. Yeah. And I think if you're gonna put a bunch of dollars into dispensaries, you have to have a way to close it's, that loop. Yeah, it's, you know? and that's some, it's some, it's that's it's interactive at that point too. Mm -hmm. So when I glad I so nineteen crimes, I we were looking at that same model a couple of years back because um, it's a really interesting thing they're doing. Um, we would love to do something like that. It's still expensive. It's um, expensive. It's expensive. Yeah, but, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, and, and there are things, there are companies like that coming out, like model, you know, these marketing tools that just, that's, you know, brands can use like that. It's like a QR code or something you put on where you can actually interact with the, with the consumer. They haven't really caught on yet. I'm still yeah. looking to see like them to be validated. Or can you like incentivize people? Like, can you say like gift someone a bottle of wine? Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sort of a pay it yeah, forward yeah, kind of idea. We do that kind of like on our Instagram. You know, Instagram yeah. is like our, really our biggest marketing tool because we can't do anything else for the most part. Right. So, and then we get to actually have a ton of interaction with, you know, we're, you know, it's myself. Like, I'm, I'm direct messaging people there, you know, yeah. you know, tell them it's me. Our marketing guy, Pracy, does it. A bunch of people, like, just, it's actually, they're directly communicating with us. So, I think we talked about this a little bit, but it's why I'm excited about. Uh, a company called the Flower Agency, which I've been working with yeah. a lot, and I think I think I made an intro for you. But, yeah, you did. But um, they're working very intently on this. How do you drive traffic to menus? How do you drive traffic to buddy buttons? You know that kind of thing, so that it's not to get away from the dispensaries. It's to offer brands that don't do that well in dispensaries. A fighting chance, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and look, this isn't brain surgery. That's how we order everything in the world. Yeah, everything's delivered. Everything Amazon. comes from Amazon. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like so, it's only a matter of time, as far as I see it. Mm -hmm. But very interesting to hear from you the thought process of well, yeah, but it's the dispensary is most of my business today. Yeah. So how do you, how do you go away from that? How do you focus on one or the other? I know there's no right question to answer there. I just mm -hmm. think it's fascinating. It is, it is absolutely it's fascinating. fascinating. And I do think delivery is going to be a massive part of the industry, um, just like delivery of any food or even alcohol companies are doing you know, direct home to good delivery. I think it will be a big part of the industry, but I, there's still going to be a large market in the actual physical brick and mortar stores. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, personally, I don't order my alcohol online. You know, I'm going to the liquor store. That's interesting. Yeah. I have ordered it I've, from Drizzly like Amazon or, Fresh uh, or Drizzly. I've done, yeah, 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 that too. Yeah, I've done I've that done a couple that times, but it's it is still kind of burdensome. You know, it's cumbersome to do it. Yeah, you know? no, it, it's not perfect. Uh, I spent a long time with a company called Onfleet, um, and they do delivery, uh, last mile delivery in the cannabis industry, mm -hmm. or not just in the cannabis industry, but it's big in the cannabis industry. And they also have a lot of uh, alcohol delivery companies mm -hmm. that use the platform. So Got it. there are a lot of them all over the the country, but. Like to your point, 
it's not that common. People still go to the store yeah. to buy alcohol, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's there's kind of this weird balance, yeah. and and we'll see how it comes yeah. together. I, I could I could since I do think you'll see maybe a larger larger portion of the cannabis you know consumers going towards delivery compared to the alcohol because because al cannabis delivery came on board right when you know brick and mortars came on for the most part you know especially the recreational market well in this state you know, yeah, yeah exactly so you may see more of a a larger portion of them going delivery instead of brick and mortar you know compared to alcohol where you know alcohol delivery was relatively new it's actually it's very new compared to the alcohol industry you know oh yeah so I, you'd probably see a bigger majority of, of people in the cannabis going after delivery I think so. It's also just more scalable, right? I, I don't know. I, I find like if you think about fast forward, if you start thinking about other states mm -hmm. or even other countries, well, like how are you going to have a physical presence in a store in Germany? You know, like yeah. it's pretty hard. You know, you got to be a big, big company. That's why online, that's why e-commerce makes so much sense, right? Is like anybody can have a presence anywhere. Anywhere, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah. Anyway, fascinating stuff is we sort of try to reinvent the wheel in the cannabis industry <laughs> for no particular purpose. Yep. Yeah. Um, so you said you had raised six or seven million to date. Mm -hmm. Where does that put you today? Do you need to raise more? Are you thinking about that? Or? No, so I don't need to raise any more money. Um, luckily, my partner, so Bell Rock is now, they're my, I only have one investor. Oh, okay, you know? got, yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. I have one investor, they're my, they're my capital partner. Um, and luckily, they're, they're in multiple states. So we just opened our Michigan facility, awesome. Colorado. Yeah. So Rebel Coast will be jumping over to these states already. Uh -huh. um, and they're in 12 states totally. Yeah. You know, we own facilities in California, uh, Michigan, Colorado. But we have, you know, 10 other partner states that we're in. Um, so for me to jump ship, I can just jump over. Um, and luckily, I don't, I guess I don't need to raise any more capital. That's you know, amazing. I can, I can, yeah. And that was the, that was, I don't, that was always the, the goal. Like, you know, we had one partner who, did, if we need more funding, we'd get there. They're the go-to people, right? They're the go-to capital providers. Um, and luckily, we still have that. And how does that work? Like, are there rounds associated with that, or no. do you kind of just like make a presentation and say like, I, like, are you <laughs> are you part of a corporate thing, or like, how does I that? I guess work? I am part of a uh, kind of part of a corporate wheel. Not, I'm still the outlier. I'm the I'm the only portfolio company that they don't fully own. Okay, all their other okay. companies they own them completely. So I'm like I'm all a right. man out over okay. here. Um, yeah. So no, there's no. I guess there's a. I wouldn't say presentations anymore. You know, I haven't. You know, I haven't done like a a fundraising round in a couple of years now, yeah. a year and a half or so. Um, no, it's just more like a, hey guys, there's my use of funds. This is what we need to do. Where's the strategy behind it? You know, it's wouldn't say it's a, I'm not creating a big old deck for them, but mm -hmm. like, this is what we need. This is what we're going to go after. Mm -hmm. um, so I just had to do that for when we were, you know, getting all the equipment for our new facility here in Desert Hot Springs and the construction to build out our, our improvements inside. Um, so yeah, it's just really just a use of funds, you know, in like, this is why we need it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and when you have those conversations or from the beginning when they bought a portion of your company, um, what, is there an exit strategy discussed? Do you think about, you know, George Clooney and his big exit and all of this? <laughs> yeah, like, who doesn't think of the big exit? Yeah. I mean, the beginning, yeah, that was, that was always a goal. Like, everyone exited the same with a bunch of money, you know, someone's going to come swoop this thing up. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, still think it's a possibility, whether it's, you know, but whether it's my investors just, you know, rolling it up into the hole. You know, they're a public company. You know, there's a potential roll-up. You know, I'm sure they'd love that. Um, there's potential big alcohol comes in. Um, I've already been on an NDA from all the big alcohol companies because they love what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, there will be a lot of consolidation in general in the cannabis industry within the next, you know, three to five years. Mm -hmm. We're already seeing it now. There's just going to be more and more coming. Well, Dave Ponce is a good...
example. Yeah, right? yeah. That, that already happened. Yeah. Uh, no, and there and there's countless examples like that. And look at this is not unique to cannabis, right? It's not. This is how it's, things it's work. This works. Yeah, yeah, it's it's no different. Yep. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. I love to hear a little bit about the founder, sort of behind the product. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about your cannabis consumption, how it's evolved, sort of during. This process, do you do you drink mostly your own yeah. wine? Do you like flowers still? Yeah. What, what are you into? So I, mean, I started in the cannabis space in 2009. Okay. Uh, working with dispensaries. I was a, under the character of a model. I have my own nonprofit mutual benefits corporation. Uh, commercially cultivated under, the, under medical laws. And I was smoking a ton of cannabis. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would like... I was growing a lot of cannabis myself, so I'd save three to five pounds a year to myself to nice. smoke. Yeah. You know, I was smoking 10 blunts a day. Mm -hmm. I, and I was on top of smoking with my friends that they know their <laughs> own products. So I was smoking a ton of weed. Um, Where is this? Where were you? This, I was in Northern California. Okay. Yeah, Northern California. I was yeah. going to college. Um, so I was living in Redding and Chico, Sacramento. Okay. Um, so yes, it has toned down a lot since then. Um, I do not smoke nearly that much anymore. Um, I don't smoke as as nearly as often i might smoke a few times a month now okay but the drinks yes um i, I try beverage all the beverages on the market yeah i have of course, to you know yeah. just out of curiosity um to see who the competition is you know? tell me what you think about the other ones as, uh, as much as you want to i mean some are good some suck i'll yeah. say that i don't want to point anybody out yeah um but there are definitely some good brands out there uh, uh -huh. there's definitely some really shitty ones yeah um, many people may say that about my products too. We know we're not here to please everybody. You know, uh, it's subjective. It, and, and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're not. We can't please everybody, and you shouldn't aim to. I mean, look, I don't drink Coors Light. No, no. But a lot of people fucking love, love it. Coors they love Light, it. Right? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yep. I totally agree with that. Yeah, totally agree with that. Um, but I have cut. So after we launched all the canned products, you know, I really cut down my alcohol use. I I rarely even drink anymore. So I used to go to the beach, you know, and bring an ice chest full of beer. My IPA is, nah, now I just bring, you know, a bunch of Rebel Coasts. Mm -hmm. So I'll just drink those on the beach. That's amazing. You know, I'll drink some, six, seven, eight of those on the beach. Yeah. Um, and then I'm good. Um, so I definitely dramatically cut down my alcohol consumption. I do drink the our beverages relatively often. Um, slowed down recently just because there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 dr I drink our beverages more than I smoke cannabis. That's you you eat your own dog food. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. that's that's good, man. Yeah. That's good. Um Tell me what you think. There's some hot topics in the world I'd like to get sort of your, your thought process on. One that we struggle with in California is the black market. Yep. Over and over and over again, right? And obviously there are some black market beverages, but probably not that much, right? I don't know. You tell uh, me. Uh, you tell me. I haven't seen any. Uh, I, I think mean, I have. But. We have some, we've had some people approach us on Instagram, hey, let me buy this off the market. I'm like, you can fuck yourself. Right, yeah. yeah I'm not losing money. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I, I mean, I haven't seen any black market beverages, really. I'm sure there is. I have. I mean, but anyway, uh, no, they're, they're not, they're not is, around a lot. Yeah. They're, they're not very many of them. But when you think about what you're doing, is it... Are you fighting the black market in a way, right? By, by making these more manufactured, specialized, sophisticated products, you know, the better edibles or even like the really, you know, fancy sauces, right? Or, or like the, the beverages. In a way, you're sort of taking away from them a little bit. I don't know if you ever think about that, but I certainly uh, do. I, yeah. I don't think I'm harming the black market or anywhere competing with them just because of the products we make. Mm -hmm. uh, the black market is, is flour, it's people who want to smoke it. You know, if, if you want to get an edible, I'm sure you might go to your Aunt Susie and get a fucking brownie she makes. Mm -hmm. um, but the biggest market of the black market is flour. Mm -hmm. You know, it's people who smoke. Mm -hmm. So I don't think, I don't, 
it'd be a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a percent that, that even harms the black markets and what we're doing on the edible side. It certainly is small. Yeah. I, I agree with that. But I like to think about not the people that are buying today, but all the people that will be buying, right? And, and there's this narrative of soccer moms and lawyers yep. and everybody that's going to be switching from alcohol to cannabis in no time, right? Yep. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily true, but in that world, aren't there a lot of those people that are buying illegal weed that are going to now maybe drink? Okay, I, I, in that sense, I could see that. Okay, I have not looked at that perspective of it, but I can I I can see some truth in that. I'm just you know, thinking there, out loud. Not, I can see I can see some logic in that if they if, if that you know they're pulling that person away from the black market. You know, you know, soccer mom, like you said, just you know goes to the you know corner and you know buys a dime bag, mm -hmm. buys an eighth, and now she sees a cannabis wine. Oh, I'm gonna switch over to that instead. I don't need to smoke this this street weed. I can just go to the store. In that sense, yeah, that is you know pulling people out of the black market. I also think, right, dovetails with that is the strength of brand, yes. right? And, and I want to talk about brand a little bit because the reason that people don't drink moonshine is because, like, I like Jack Daniels, right? Yep. And it's good yep. and it's everywhere and it's pretty cheap, yep. right? And I'm comfortable with that brand. Mm -hmm. How do you think about building your brand? You have to build your brand. The cannabis will come down to brands, just like every other. Just like everything. Yeah. Everything. It will become. Sorry. You have to evolve to build that brand equity. If you don't, you will lose. It's going to come down to brands, without a doubt. Without a doubt. You have to have. You have to have your following. You have to have the brand equity. People actually have to like what you do. Um, and, it's, and one thing in the cannabis market, the consumers, they can kind of tell if your brand was built in a boardroom. You know, we've had this discussion with many dispensaries. You know, over the years, they can say like this is this. This brand was just made by some guys in a boardroom. You know, they're not, they're not part of the culture. They don't know the industry. They don't, they don't actually live by the brand. Um, so we've had that conversation with multiple dispensary managers over the past three years. Um, so branding is absolutely crucial because people do follow brands. Look at Coca-Cola. Absolutely. Um, and so is that something that you've done internally? Have you looked outside for any help in that? That's your water, by the way. Oh, thank you. Water, yeah. um, Tell me a little bit about that process. Even the name. Where where does Rebel Coast come from? Rebel Coast came, you know, that was from our the alcohol days. Um, uh, we weren't your traditional winery, you know. If you look like look at who we were, you know, we're not. We weren't protectionists. We were wild or crazy, you know. We were not your normal winery. Um, so we were rebels in a sense, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. um, and that just stuck. To, it was a good name for the cannabis side of it too. Um, in fact, we don't even make the alcohol wine anymore. Right. We yeah. sold the sold the line. Yeah. Um, or sold the label. Um, so yeah, so it just came from who we were, you know, and Got just it. being different. But it applies here. hundred percent. I mean, yeah, really, yeah. The, uh, uh, it certainly is a rebellion. Not, not so much against alcohol in a way, but for me, like against flowers. Yeah. Right. Like that's kind of the way I think about it more. Like people want to talk about competing with beer or whatever, but we've got a long way to go because if you think about the way people consume beer, it's like in social settings, it, it's in a bar, it's in a restaurant, you know, like... I actually think it's more like, hey, instead of smoking this blunt, we're going to... If you're in a password, yes, yeah. 100%. I really yeah. think yep. that's the better comparison yeah. there. Um, but, of course, everybody wants to think about the multiples of what it looks like to have an alcohol brand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can say, I can, I see that, you know, more, more flour versus beer, for yeah. sure. So the fact that you have this ability to sort of reach into other states because of Bell Rock is awesome. Mm -hmm. What does that mean in terms of potential federal legalization? Is that even that relevant to you at this point? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, 
Well, it kind of depends on what does federalization, like federal legalization, look like. Are they going to allow interstate transfer? Yes, yes. You know, will they? Yeah. Are they going to be? Still, or is it gonna well, be that's what I'm states? assuming. Yeah, yeah. I, that knows? would be a problem yeah. if they didn't. Yes. But I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it would definitely. Yes, I mean having Bell Rock on my team, it does allow us to jump to other states easier. It's also more costly because we have to set up the same facility in every other state. While if say if federalization comes and I have a massive California facility, I can just export it everywhere. You know, I don't have to have. 10 different canning lines in these different states and mm -hmm. a whole, whole other infrastructure. Yep. And we'd have a massive manufacturing facility here and distribution centers in those states. Um, so it'd probably be more cost benefit, mm -hmm. beneficial to have it federal legalized um, for the most part. But, I think that's a good answer. Yeah. It's much, much more resource intensive to go yeah, into these new it, states yeah, and everything. And we'll see. I mean, even if, I mean, I still would like to see what federal legalization, how it, how it's written, how it works. I mean, do the states still have their own rule of law? You know, just like every, because even alcohol nowadays, we spoke about Utah earlier yep. when we were offline. Utah, there's different alcohol limits. Mm -hmm. So what's still kind of, I'd like to see this, the local regulatory impact on it as well. I mean, we already see different states have different rules and regulations with the abide by. So once the feds come in and say, yeah, it's okay. What is this now the state level going to look like? You know, we still going to have these burdensome so regulations. Many questions. Yeah, dude, we don't know. So, so many questions. You've been in this game for a bit. 2009, 2009 is that what you yeah. said? I started in 2015. I thought that was a, a bit ago. Yeah. But 2009, I'll get you out of here on, on the kind of question, a little bit emotional if you'll indulge me. How do you feel? Like, you've seen all the different changes. How do you feel about where we are today? I love it. I mean, I this I'm absolutely passionate about cannabis. That's why I've stuck in it for so long. You know, I did dive out into the corporate world of consulting, a big big accounting firm for a long time, and I missed cannabis. You know, I was out of the cannabis for like three years. Mm -hmm. The kind of out of cannabis, I missed it. Um, I love where I love to see where we're going. I have. It's been really fun to see like the transition. You know, from the black market to the medical market to the more advanced medical market now to full blown adult use recreational. Uh, the rules and regulations are burdensome. Luckily, the state is now kind of getting their shit together. You know, we've had our own issues with the state and the mm -hmm. regulators and three different bureaus essentially coming at us. Um, but I'm really excited to see where it's going and where we're at right now. That's awesome. Um, this is your chance to plug anything you want. Are you hiring for anything? Anything you can use the audience? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, yeah, we're hiring out in our Desert Hot Springs facility. Uh -huh. um, they're hiring just, just labor for us right yeah, now. Yeah. You know, we already have like... How else can we help you? Are yeah. You um, just drink Triple Coast, try it. Let nice. us know what you think. I mean, get in, if you do try it, please give me all the feedback you can, especially the bad feedback. Yeah, that's what I want to hear, dude. I want you the and bad me feedback. Both. Yeah. Everybody just tells me how great dude, the podcast I, I, is, and I'm like, uh, dude, give me the bad. Yeah. I want don't, like, don't sugarcoat it. Please give me the bad because yeah. I want to fix it. You know, how can we be better? I need the bad. I love that, man. Uh, well, dude, so good to see you. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for the gifts. Of course. I've had your products before. They're great, but I'm excited yes. to have them again. All yours, brother. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you.